guys can sneak out right now. I see John Thomas, I think, waving back there. Uh, is it going to kill us if we turn that light off? I'm just curious. Can we try that a little bit? Can you still see my ugly face? You can tell me. We'll turn it back up. No, okay. Bring it back up. You don't have to see me. You just got to hear me. Man, hey, I don't know about you, but my gosh, I could sing those songs again. Amen. I, mean, I think about just the life that brings. I love that song, Glorious Day. Talking about being set free from the grave. And we get to run out of the grave because of the work of Jesus. And then the resurrected king is resurrecting me. And just be able to sing that. Um, I'm back there, just my hands up. It's a good thing I didn't sing. I'm back there dancing, um, just going nuts. So thank you guys for leading us on worship team. Can we show our appreciation to them for leading us in worship this morning? Welcome to Christ Church. If you're a guest visiting with us, my name is Russ Bingham. I serve as our family pastor here. And um, I'm excited you're here. Thank you for being here. Uh, if, if you would like, we have a gift for you at, uh, at our coffee bar. It's out there in the lobby. It has some neat things in it. And then tells you about who we are and what we believe. Uh, I also want to draw just your attention to a few things in the bulletin insert. Uh, first, the Women's Ministry of Love Rise is going to be taking place this Saturday, February the 3rd. Um, it will be uh, at the Bartlett campus. And you can get more information uh, in your bulletin. But uh, our new... Um, Teaching pastor for the campus, Marcus and Everett, his wife Abby, is going to be the guest speaker. So if you'd like to go and be a part of that, you're welcome to. Am I hot? Is this pretty hot? It's hot. Brian, can you turn me down just a little bit? Thank you, buddy. Also, the lobby, I really ask you to make sure that if you'd like to uh, sign up for his preset class, you can do that right outside his door. Um, the book's $26. It's covered the cost of the book. So please, you can uh, leave that money with me or Rhiannon. Uh, no, it's too low for the recording. Also, our D-Now weekend uh, is less than a month away. That's fine. Now, I, I don't know if you participated in the D-Now weekend. I don't know if that's something. Oh, that's hot. Nah. As long as it's like halfway up, it's fine. So it should be good. Randy said that's Last week, we set up that microphone. He's done. Uh, our D-Now weekend is uh, it's a church-wide event, really. Whether you have students or you don't, um, you can pray for our students, number one. That would be awesome. If you would join with me, I'd love to give you a list of students attending. And, and you would just lift up our students in prayer. If you'd like to, to make food for our students and uh, be able to fill their bellies. Uh, if you really want to be bold and open up your home to a group of teenagers... And their leader, so it's not just you. You can serve as a host home. You guys are supposed to do that. And, uh, it's just a huge blessing when we do that. So, uh, last thing I would tell you is that uh, uh, after service today, we're going to be uh, have the opportunity to, to give of our tithes and offerings. So, please, if this is your home church, please uh, be sure to give as you're way out or online, however you choose to do. Uh, if you're a guest visiting us with, with us, your, your visit is with us. So, thank you for being here. If you need a Bible, we have some uh, empty gentlemen that are going to hand those out. Uh, just Raise your hand or throw something at it if you'd like one. Do I need to increase the gains? Do I need to increase the gains? Don't worry about it. It's fine. Does he sound too well to you there? Nothing. To me. Biblical community. I know that Justin did not just say it because he has a loud voice or voice. Let's try it again. Ready? One, two, three. Biblical community. Now, when I say the word community, does anything pop in your mind? You feel free to yell at me. Coffee, who said that? Mm -hmm. He has a good coffee. I like that community coffee. He's been getting that. Good. What else? Yeah, where you live? Good. Think about the uh, NBC, the HTV show. Community, anybody see that? Think about community. Um, I have a couple of things. When I think about community, I think about a particular area uh, or a place to consider together with its inhabitants or defined as a group of people living in the same place or having a particular 
characteristic in common are a group of people living together and practicing a common ownership, maybe a feeling of fellowship with others as a result of, of sharing common attitudes or interests or goals. Sounds a lot like a cult, um, maybe a church, a little similar. Uh, no, so community in a lot of ways, I think, uh, comes down to this. And this is how I would kind of describe it. Uh, I, I would say this term, doing life together. Um, but maybe even a step past that is another way to think about it would be getting into each other's lives. So community is, is, is literally getting into one another's lives. And, and right now, there's already a little tension, right? Because some of you are like, I don't want you in my life. I've got a good life. I don't want you in my life. I'll keep you over there. I'll stay over here. You stay there. I'll stay here. I, I don't need that type of community. But I think this morning, what we're going to look at is I think we do. And, and I think as a follower of Jesus, I think community is best experienced when it's experienced in the context of living out our faith. I know we really think about this idea of relationship with Jesus being a personal thing, but the more that I learn and study God's word, the more that I realize that while our relationship with Jesus is personal, it impacts and influences the people around us. And so while it's personal between us and God, it's a vertical relationship, that vertical relationship can help become an impact those around us. I'm learning that community, especially biblical community, has an Huge impact on my faith, and it's supposed to be that way. Now, I'm not talking about just any kind of community. I'm clear to say biblical community because uh, several of you in this room, I know you have community in other places, right? You can find community in your neighborhood, maybe in a mom's group or in a, in a running group. You might find community in a book club or an exercise or fitness class. You might find community in a band or the theater at school or a sports team. You might even find community online without even having to leave the comfort of your and that community is good. In no way am I saying that it's not. In fact, that's some strong community. I've experienced community in, in almost all of those areas, except the book club, which I'm really excited about. Sorry, I'm not. You'd like to come. <laughs> now, community, when you look at it in the sense of God's word, is different. So I believe God calls us to live in community with one another as we seek him. We seek to live for him. A community where what we have in common isn't just where we grew up or what sports teams we like or how we spend our time with our hobbies or the neighborhood we live in. I believe God calls us to live in a biblical community where we share in common that we're all sinners, that we all fall short of God's grace in desperate need of a Savior who saves us by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. One in which we have a common purpose in knowing God and celebrating with joy as we live it out, loving one another the way that Christ loves us and serving one another as we allow them to serve us. The biblical community is one that is life-changing and life-giving. A biblical community is one that is life-changing and life-giving, and it transforms us from the inside out. It's where Jesus is the foundation of our community I would say this, just kind of a, a, a sentence, if you will, of my message this morning, which is really, it's, it's this, this is the heart of it. When believers get into each other's lives and do life together out of a common desire to know God intimately and to live out his word missionally to influence others for the kingdom of God, here's the result. It's life-changing and life-giving community that transforms our lives and our lives. That's a picture of the church. 
That should be taking place in the church. Now, this is cool. I, I want to share this with you. The God that we worship is a God who has externally existed in the community forever. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They dwell together in perfect unity before and throughout time. This triune God, the God who spoke into existence, the universe and all of its splendor, created us, created mankind in his image as the chief of his creation and display his glory. God created mankind in his image to glorify him and to worship him. That's our purpose. But it didn't stop there. Genesis 2.18 says this, in the beginning it was written that it's not good for man to be alone. It says, I will make a helper fit for him. P.S. I left a lot of room. So I want to see you pen drive it. Pen's going to be a test later. I'm going to come and check it. <laughs> I left lots of room. So I'm going to do lots of scripture. It's probably not going to be on the screen because I didn't get to call until yesterday. Because Randy asked me to preach on Monday. And so that changes your week, by the way. You're going to stand up in front of people and share the word of God. It changes my week drastically in a good way. But this is where I've been living, so I'm excited to share this morning. So as I think about this, it says, so in, in, in the beginning, God realized it's not good for man to be alone. He said, I'm going to make a helper fit for him. I'm so glad that he did. Amen? So glad. So man was walking in the garden with God. He was without sin, and, and yet such a relationship wasn't ideal. Right? So there was a relationship between God and man, but God realized there wasn't, there wasn't a helper. There wasn't somebody fit for man. So Genesis 2.20 says, 2.20 and 21 says, So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. While he slept, he took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man and made it to a woman and brought her to the man. I created man and woman for the purpose of relationship, to live and exist in relationship and community with him and with one another. And so this concept of relationship and community, which was founded in the desire again to glorify and to honor and worship God, it didn't stop when God created men. Then it hasn't stopped for us today. God created us for community with him and with others. It's built into our very being, meaning to our core, to our very soul. As Christians, as those who desire to be like Christ, to follow after Jesus, to pursue Jesus, our deepest desire, other than knowing God, worshiping and glorifying Him with our lives, it should be to see the truth of God's Word at work in the lives of the people around us as God uses us to influence and impact the people that God puts in our lives. So it starts with our understanding of who God is. Then He gets fleshed out and He's lived out in the way we treat other people, the way we love other people, and the way that we forgive other people. So how do we do this? How do we build a strong, intentional, and missional biblical community? That's what we have to talk about today. That's what we're going to try to learn today. Because biblical community doesn't happen on its own. We have to decide that it's something God created us for, and then to speak, speak it out. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, God, as we come before you this morning, I pray, God, that you would impress it upon our hearts the importance of community. The importance of biblical community, Lord, first in a relationship with you, and then in a relationship with others. But I pray that even as we're talking this morning, that you begin to just show us, Lord, where, where are we in community with other people? Where are we in community with other believers? God, how are we living out this, this salvation, this gift of 
of salvation with other people. Father, do we have friends in our lives that are encouraging us and that we're encouraging? Do we have friends in our lives who are confessing sin to us and that we're confessing sin to, that we're building one another up and encouraging one another? Are there people in our lives who don't know you right now? And God, so that we, we have that intentional community with them so we get to be the reflection of your character and love and forgiveness and the hope of Christ. But I pray this morning that you would just, would you just spur our heart to you for us to take one step closer in this idea of biblical community. God, we love you. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. All God's people say. Amen. Amen. You're going to see on your hand that there's four quick points, really short. Um, following service today, we're going to be able to take a part of the Lord's Supper. We're going to be communing together, which is always a really sweet time. Another opportunity for us as a church to commune together at the Lord's table. And so, first, though, we're going to look at how we build biblical community. Well, first is this. We build biblical community through knowing and being known. We build biblical community through knowing and being known. Just you're not writing it down. That you know, it's not a I'll give five dollars to throw Jason. Right? Just kidding. Just kidding. I'm Russell Wiseman told me one day, he said, Yeah, you don't start calling people out. Just talk to them. How are you doing today? Great to see you. So, knowing and being known. See, I know these guys. I, I've, I've had lunch with them. We've spent time together. You know, this idea of knowing and being known is so important. I mean, could you imagine if said, Hey, you, the Under Armour, right there. Get a pen, buddy. Start writing. You probably grab it. It's not easy to Right? I call this guy, hey, Josh, it's good to see you. I'm tired. I feel bad, right? Because I didn't even know you. So the reason we can interact is with, with one another is because we know each other. And knowing each other is important, but also being known is important. All of us have a desire for relationships. It's how we're created. It's how we're wired. First with God and then with others. We all have this longing to know others and be known by them. And you can say right now, no, I don't. I'm cool at home. Just give me my dog or my cat, uh, and I'm good. But the truth is, we all desire a relationship. <laughs> and although we might run or hide from that kind of relationship of closeness or intimacy, although we might hide from it or run from it, we all want people in our lives who we can open up our hearts to. We can share our fears with. We can share our failures with. We can share our dreams with, our, our hopes people to do that for us too. But that doesn't happen tonight. It doesn't happen by chance. Like any relationship, we have to seek it out. We have to be consistent. We have to show up consistently in one another's lives. We have to desire it with all we are. More than likely, we have to make some sacrifices. If you want to know a person, you want them to know you, you have to spend time together. You have to spend time together. I think about when Amy and I were, were dating, um, Many moons ago, I was an unemployed young man, freshly graduated from college, living at home. I had my, uh, what I call the uh, command center. I had a, uh, this, is, this is okay. Um, my mom and dad were just phenomenal. I can't believe they let this happen. Uh, but my mom, uh, she didn't work at the time. She, my dad worked, and my mom stayed home and took care of me because she loved me. And so I had I had this the PlayStation, and I had the TV tray set up. And I would, like, she made me breakfast and lunch. Like, I would move in that spot. And guys, listen, I'm, I'm really, I'm opening up to you right now. You're getting to know me. And listen, I met Amy, and I used to, I used to get dressed up. I had to take a shower, get dressed up, and we go have lunch together on Thursdays at a little Mexican restaurant. I didn't even have a job, but I get dressed up like I did. You know, I, I didn't want her to know that about me. But man, very quick, did she find out that I was unemployed, uh, college graduate, living at home? Because we spent time together. 
But she, she figured it out really quick. So I had to get my, my stuff in here. Mm-hmm. And I think about, I, I just wanted to spend so much time with her. And, and I wanted to know her. And I, I wanted to know everything about her. I wanted her to know everything about me, mostly. <laughs> I wanted to share my dreams with her. I wanted to share my, 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 my plans with her. I loved her. I mean, right early into the relationship, I fell for head over heels. It got so bad that we spent so much time together. We had to set a curfew, right? Uh, literally, at like, and you may know this about me. If you don't, uh, you're good. Uh, but at like 9.30, 10 o'clock, she goes, she becomes a different person. Like she turns into a werewolf. Um, <laughs> she multiple times at my parents' house. would be watching the show or, have, you know, she'd be hanging out at the house and put shoes. She's hanging out. She's hanging she would, uh, she'd be over there and like the, the clock would hit 9.30 and like she would just sit up and she would, I gotta go, I gotta get out of here. And like she literally, she'd leave, but she would just walk out. And my, my, my mom and dad would be like, what just happened? But getting to know her, I realized she needs her sleep. And still today, like 9.30, werewolf Amy comes out. So I gotta make sure she's ready to go. When we spend time with people, we get to know them. They get to know us, and we have to be willing to get in each other's lives. And what's the most important thing, right? What's the most important thing? If we're a follower of Jesus, the most important thing that we can talk about is the gospel, the good news of Jesus. We sang about it this morning, a glorious day. It was a glorious day when I was set free. I got to run out of the grave of sin, and God set me free. And I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect by any means, but when I, when I get to know you and you get to know me, we begin to encourage one another. And I can share with you how I'm a failure at times as a husband or as a dad. I've got men in this room who they know me and I know them. And they can come alongside me and encourage me. They can love me and say, look, man, it's going to get better. I'm there for you. You're not alone. And so we get to, we get to choose to enter into these relationships of love and acceptance and, and encouragement and service. It's a picture of biblical community. It's where it's experienced together. And the only way we can do this is by knowing God because of the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Listen to John 17, 3. This is the foundation for knowing and being known. John 17, 3 says, and this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, who you have sent. Grammatically, it's whom you have sent. So let us desire to know God and Jesus Christ, the one who he sent as a ransom for our sin. Out of that, let us live a life that is radically transformed, a life that's life-changing and life-giving. Listen to Acts 2, 42 through 47. Listen to how the early church was described when we think about this idea of biblical community. Here it is. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. You see that? That's okay. That's our fault. I got you. Sorry. <laughs> and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and prayer. It says exactly what happens at the church in Mescal, if you want to know. And all came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the Proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day 
those who need saved. That's the hope of the church. To add to the number of those being saved, of life change, of radical life change, of submitting to the gospel, being set free from the bondage of sin, to be able to run and live in victory. Sing the song, my resurrected king is resurrected to me. I think about what word, you see it, look in there again, and, and then think about what word is it that really hits that biblical community, that hymn of gathering. What do you think it is? I'm going to press my tap, so I'll tell you. It's together. <laughs> it's together. Listen to verse 44. And all who believe were what? They were together. And they had all things in common. And then 46, and day by day, as they attended church together, and they broke bread together in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. This idea of community, of knowing and being known, is so important. This is the beginning of Christianity. The beginning of the early church, we see it modeled in the lives of the very first believers. Once we knew Jesus, they followed him together. So we think about the community. Guys, we've got to be in community with one another. We've got to know one another. We've got to let other people know us. We've got to be willing to be vulnerable and transparent and say, here's where I'm strong. Here's where I'm weak. Would you come alongside me and encourage me? Let me do the same for you. So point number one. Point number one is we build biblical community through knowing and being known. God is glorified when he is properly reflected by dwelling in unity with other believers. We need to reflect the image of our creator. We can alter the effect of our faith. So knowing and being known. Here's point number two. We build community through loving and being loved. Now love can be a, a confusing uh, term. Um, there's some girls in Riley's class who love him as a first grader. Riley doesn't understand that term. They chase him on the playground. Uh, you know, they, they, they push him down. Um, which I'm surprised, but you know, it happens. Let me show their affection in place. Uh, Anna Claire uh, will love this uh, series uh, on Netflix, and then she'll choose to love this one. And if you've got a student anywhere like middle school and up, holy moly, the things they love, how it changes, right? I mean, the, the way that they, how they wear clothes and people hang out with, like it just changes drastically. We love our families. We love our wives, our ch- children, our parents. We love that one crazy uncle. We love our pets too, right? Our sweet puppy dogs and those cats. <laughs> we love our Mexican food. We love our vacations. We love our favorite shows. And let's not forget sleep. Man, who loves sleep? Anybody? Me too, guys. Me too. Listen, I'll tell you right now. I remember when we like when we used to get sleep as, as, a, as a family, but now with four kids, I'm like, what's that? Don't get me wrong, I'm doing great. Like, I sleep like a baby. I'm worried about Amy. Like, she has to get up. So, we love all these things, but surely we don't mean the same thing each time we use the word love, right? There's five times in the, in the letter of 1 John, the apostle writes, believers are to love one another. However, he doesn't leave that command in doubt. He says, he explains it this way that the command, he explains the command by showing that love is best represented by the sending of Jesus, God's Son. To die for our sin. And thus it communicates to us that love is fundamentally sacrificial. 1 John 3 16 through 18 says it this way By this we know love, that he laid his life down for us. And we ought to lay our lives down for the brothers. 
But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and truth. Can I just say real quick, I love the fact that John 3.16 is also talking about sending God's love in 1 John 3.16. speaks about that as well, about Jesus laying his life down for us. I love this last part, though. It's, really, it's easy to miss. It says, let us not love in word and talk, but in deed and truth. Words and talk can be empty. You know a person who loves you not in what they say, but how they treat you. You know a person who loves you when they spend time with you. But that's one of our most valuable things is when we spend time with one another. Amy loves time, except past 9 30. She loves to spend time with, with me. I, I, I think about you know, raising little kids, like having adult time, right? It's so important. Just getting that hour away. Even if it's to the grocery store. Maybe not the grocery store. Uh, just to drive to uh, just to drive to the store. Just to go to Home Depot, you know, or head back and beyond. Just to have time together. Maybe sometimes just to get in the car and drive around and talk, to reconnect. I told her that I loved her, but I never spent time with her. I told her that I loved her, but I, I didn't show her with my deeds and actions. You don't believe it on faith. And my love is empty. So we've got to love each other. Not just in word and talk, but in deed and truth. It says, let us, let us love the truth indeed, not merely in the word. Love which is not sacrificial, is not really love. When Jesus was teaching some religious men, they tried to catch him up in a trap and asked him, what is the greatest commandment? And listen to Jesus' response. It comes out of Mark 12, 30 and 31. It says this, you shall love the Lord God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your uh, with all of your uh, soul, with all of your strength. And the second is this: you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's no greater commandment than these. Then to love the Lord God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your strength. And then out of that, out of loving God with everything, we love other people in the same way. Love God and love people. When we love God, we can't help but love others, right? When we experience the love of the Father, we can't help but love other people. It's uncontainable. We can't help but love other people when living in that love. And we can only love because God first loved us. First John 4, 19 says, we can only love because God first loved us. So it's not of us. It's because God first loved us. How did he love us? He laid his life down for us so that we would know life and know it eternal. John 15, 13. You jot this down. John 15, 13. Just a reference. Greater love has no one in this than someone who laid down his life for his friends. A sacrificial love. Say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take my best. I'm going to take my life. I'm going to lay it down and give it to you. I'm going to give you my very best. That's what God did for us through Jesus. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's Romans 5 8. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believed in him would perish, that have eternal life. John 3 16. And how do we live in response to that? I love this. John 13, 34, and 35. Guys, if we could just do this, if we could just do these couple of things, it says this a new commandment I give you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. We just love that way. That when people when people treat us rudely, and oh my goodness, like I got a bullseye my head and my heart. This is this is for me as much as it is maybe for you. I just loved people even when they were rude to me. When I think about First Corinthians 13, it says love's not rude. It's kind. It's not self-seeking. It's not boastful. Doesn't insist on its own way. It should sacrifice. 
We just love that way. We just retaliated when someone was rude and evil to us with just love. The world would be in such a different place. Your neighborhood would be a different place. Your workplace would be a different place. I'd even venture to say your home would be a different place. We love the way that God has loved you. It says this in 35. When you love this way, when you love people this way, they will know that you are my disciples, that you are my followers. And so two points here. We have to not only be willing to love like Jesus loved us, but here's the hard part. We've got to be willing to allow others to love us in the same way. Romans 12, 10 says that we're to love one another with brotherly affection, outdoing one another in honor. Literally, trying to outdo one another in honor. Love people in such a way that, that you're just outdoing them with kindness and making them most important. I think about just in my relationship with my wife, or maybe think about your relationship with your parents, your relationship with your kids. If we just love that way, what about us? It's about loving them the way that Jesus loves. Relationships are a two way street. We've got to let other people love us just as we seek to love others. And for some of you guys, it's hard. It's hard to do that. I, I get it. Your, your natural bent may just be service, like to love other people. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But just to love others, you have a hard time with other people love you. Maybe you've been hurt. Right? So you got some trust issues. I get it. Maybe you have a hard time loving someone enough to forgive them. I, I, I get that. But can I just, can I just maybe lean in just real quick on this and just say this? I, I communicate this to our students all the time. If we truly know the love and forgiveness of Jesus, if we're living in that, if we're living under that, living in it constantly. That's when we find ourselves in the midst. And guys, how do we not get the same love that we do to people? That's the kind of love that we experience in the biblical community. So that if I'm outside of that, I mean, I sure hope Brett can say, hey, Russ, I'm not sure, man, you guys, you know, spend time together. You've not been a little, little coarse with them in words. Right? If I have no Brett like that, I'm, I'm not going to go, who are you? Right? Because I know Brett. He's going to be able to say, man, I just I care about you. I care about your marriage. I care about your family. And just notice that you know, you just been, you've been short with the man. I just want you to know, can I help you? Is there anything I can pray for you, encourage you, and talk to anybody? I mean, just that willingness to ask, can I help? It goes a long way. Again, that love is sacrificial, putting the needs of others first. Here's the third one. Real quick, it says, we build biblical community through celebrating and being celebrated. Now, I love this. And there's three things you can jot down. The way that we get to celebrate. These are just my three. These aren't the only three. I'm sure there's some other ones. But I love these three. When we come together before God to celebrate who he is and what he's doing in our lives, we get the chance to build this biblical community. We do it through, number one, worship. Right? We get to worship God. This morning, you would gather in, 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 in this place, in this church, and just be able to worship those around you. I, I'm a terrible singer, but I love singing. Like, I, I can't dance, but I'm back there kicking my feet. I know it looks funny, but I got my arms up. Like, I'm just in surrender to God. I love worshiping Him. And we've got we've to do a, a, a job. When we come in, we've got to say, God, I'm here for you this morning. I want to sacrifice a lot of my thoughts. I don't want to come in with any other agenda or anything else going on. We just come in and worship you today. Because who you are, what you've done. And what if we just enter the doors with that attitude? God, I'm going to know you better today. I'm going to know you differently today. So I spur my heart to Worship you. Just worship him. First Chronicles 16.28. First Chronicles 16.28 says, Praise the Lord, 
all people on earth. Praise his glory and his might. Ephesians 1.5 says, let us praise God for his glorious grace. For the free gift is given in his mere sight. Thankful for that gift. When we come in, we should be excited and we get to sing about that. And we're not under the bondage of sin anymore. That we're set free. And we've been resurrected with the resurrected king. There should be victory in that. In the same way that Tennessee had won the national title. I'm going to come out and tell you about it. I'm going to be excited. In the same way that Riley hit the game-winning basketball shot yesterday, John. I'm going to come out and tell you because I'm excited about it. Like, we should come out with that same fervor and passion and sing about it. That way, worship God for the great things he has done, for his glory and his might, for the glorious gift of grace, the gift of salvation. And not only do we get to, not only celebrate through worship, God, we get to celebrate through prayer. We get to celebrate through prayer, and that's easily missed. We have this attitude of prayer that we come before God, and we let him tell him everything that's going on in our life. And then you just know that Jesus models the prayer for us. He says, when we come and pray, he shows us how to pray. We make much of him and reference of him because of who he is and what he's done. And once we get that right, once we get our attitude right that it's here, then we say, God, what do you want to be done in this matter? And then God, because your will's going to be done, help me forgive others the way that you forgive me. And lead me not into to sin or trespasses to live me from. Think about prayer. Listen to, listen to this. Jeremiah 29, 12. You will call upon me and come and Pray to me. The Lord God says, I will hear you. There's confidence there. We get to come before the throne of God. We don't have to come before a priest. We don't have to come and, 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 and light a, 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 a light. We don't have to light a candle. We don't have to sit around. We get to come before our the high priest, Jesus. And we get to pray and he hears us. That's incredible. Listen to this. Philippians 4, 6 says, do not be anxious about anything. Are you kidding me? Do you know how many people in this room struggle with anxiety? Like, I think about this. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. And he hears us. Psalm 17, 6 says, I will call upon you, for you will answer me, O God. Incline your ear to me and hear my words. And so now we get to do it through prayer and worship. Here's a great one. And guys, this is one that, man, if you're not in the biblical community, you're missing out on. And this is one of the best. And it's Thanksgiving. No, not November. Not Turkey Day, Zach. I know you're excited. We'll be here soon. No, it's, it's this idea that when we, we celebrate, we, we give Thanksgiving to all that God is doing in our lives, we remember all that he's done. Listen to 70, uh, Psalm 75, 1. We proclaim how great you are, O Lord, and we tell the wonderful things that you have done. Isaiah 12, 4 and 5, and you will say in that day, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, proclaim his name, sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously things. Let this be known in all the earth. Let us be a people who take time to come before the Lord. Let us be the people who take time to come before the Lord and say, I just want to worship you. We want to know you. We want to sing to you and about you. But just in a vain way, we want to just worship you. And well, not only that, we want to be in prayer. Because we know where nothing, nothing can be done except with prayer. And so help us to be in your word and pray scripture. Pray scripture for our lives. Pray over our kids. 
Let's pray for our co-workers. Let's pray for our friends who know you and our friends who don't. Let's pray together. Let's intercede on behalf of one another. You know, I love, you don't get to decide if I intercede on, on your behalf before the Lord. You get that? John, I, I can intercede on your behalf and you don't have anything, you don't, you don't get any saved. I get to pray for you. Well, let's be a people who pray for one another. And then again, lastly, Thanksgiving. Let us thank the Lord for all he's done. The good and the bad. Because isn't it true that we learn through it both? I'm 36 years old and I've had more good than bad. But you know what? I know there's some bad coming. And I've seen it live down to the people of our church. I love when they open up their heart and let their church serve them and love them and encourage them. Because there's going to be a time. There's going to be a time that we're going to go through something. There's going to be a time that we're going to struggle and we're going to need to remember that our God is faithful. And we can be faithful for that. Because He's faithful. Last thing, we build community through serving and being served. We build community through serving and being served. Guys, I, I, I love 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 27. Jump that down to number four. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 27, because I get passionate and I go long. I, I, I get into it. This is an intense group of scripture here. But if you would, just jot that down. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 27. I'm going to read this quickly. It says this, just as the body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jew or Gentile, slave or free, and we were all given to this one spirit. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of what? Does anybody know? Many. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being called the body. And if the ear would say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. Listen, what part do you play in the body of Christ? Some of you guys, you're the pinky toe. We're the pinky toe, we can't balance. Some of you are the thumb. Don't, don't we get grasp things? Some of you the ear, and there's hurting one in the church, you're the person that people come to. Some of you the mouthpiece. Some of you the elbow. I'm not sure what you're doing yet, but yeah. We all have a role to play. And here's the great thing is the body of Christ, when we work together, we serve one another, we allow others to serve us. We serve one another, we allow others to serve us. And when we do, we build that biblical community. Because part of biblical community is about putting the needs of others above your own. And serving others, and humbly allowing others to serve you. It's similar to love this way. To allow someone to serve you is really hard. Like, I try to serve John because John serves me like ten times when I serve him. And like, I can never catch up. I'm not going to quit trying. I'm going to try to outdo you in honor because I love him as my brother. And so he... He serves me in such a way that it spurs me on to want to serve others. That's a picture of biblical community. One of the most beautiful pictures of this is in John 13, where Jesus assumes the role of a lowly servant. He comes before his disciples and he washes their feet. It's the lowest task possible. They didn't have spirits or 
They didn't pull up around with sandals. Their feet were dirty. Jesus got down on his knees. Took off his rattle. He washed the disciples' feet to show a picture that servanthood is a basic foundation of biblical That's the example we want to follow. The example of service that Jesus showed us. So not only did he come to live and die, the body was here. He gave us a picture of what it looks like to serve and be served. Let me close with this. In your desire to be obedient to this idea of biblical community, I just I want to encourage you. I want, I want to encourage you to be deeply involved in the lives of other people, to do life together. And I'll, after our, our time together today, I'll give a deeper understanding of its purpose and a new longing maybe to join us in that pursuit of biblical community. What it means when, when we say that word doing life together. And here's my hope. It's, my hope is for us not that we would simply hang out with each other, like not just hang out with our friends, but rather we would join together with others in this battle for a deep, life-changing and life-giving relationships within our church with the purpose, and check this out, this here's the purpose, it's not just for us, with the purpose of living missionally outside of these walls. To have that life-changing, life-giving relationship as we encourage others because of a relationship with the Lord, that we live missionally outside of this place. Hebrews 10, 24, 25 says, let us consider how we might spur one another on to a love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together, some in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. Let us consider. I love that. Let us actually consider it. Let's think about it. Let's think about spending time about dwelling on it, how we can encourage one another toward good deeds, love, and encouragement. And then the last thing is Ecclesiastes 4 and 9 through 12. I love this picture of the community. I want you to think about where are you in regards to this. It says two are better than one because they have a good reward for the toil. For if they fall, one will help up the brother or his fellow. But woe to him who is alone. For when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how does one keep warm alone? Though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will stand him. A threefold cord is not easily broken. Let me tell you my own words. Here's what that, what that means. Two are better than one. Because they share the work of life together. Two are better than one because one fall, the other one's there to help. Know, but you know this now, but you're going to fall. And so when you fall, you give somebody the opportunity to lean in, to step down, to help you. There's going to be a time you're going to do the same for someone else. It's a picture of community, biblical community. That we don't do it for our own good, we do it because of who Jesus is in our life. That's what sets it apart. He goes on to say, but if there's nowhere to help them, you're on your own. Two people can keep each other alive because when you're alone, you have the opportunity to shiver. I heard the story once of a pastor who went and visited a church member who kind of fallen away. Maybe you heard, I don't know where I heard it, but it was just some coals and the He sat down and didn't say anything. Maybe you heard the story. I love it. And the pastor didn't say anything, and the man didn't say anything. They were sitting in the chairs, I can imagine. And the pastor stepped over and took the, the bones and he moved over a piece of coal. And after time, that coal does what? It begins to lose its flame. Because it's not with the other coals. The pastor comes and sits down and looks at it. So the coal goes out. 
Many times there's not sound. Pastor stands back up, he goes over, he picks back up, places in the fire. What happens? Immediately, what happens? It lights up. It comes alive. Guys, there's some of you in this room. You're like that piece of gold. You're on the fringe. You're on the side. And you're missing out. You're not, you're not fulfilling your purpose. The, the calling of God is placing your life to be with other believers. And, and I don't know where you are. Like, I, I, for me, I would say, I want you to come. I would love for you to live this out in our small groups. I'd love for that to happen. We've been doing this for the last few years in our children's ministry, our student ministry. I mean, we have adults who just show up faithfully, who just love our kids, not because they're perfect, but because Jesus is. And they just love them. And my kids look forward to coming, and they know them by name. And my adults, my small group, just my kids, they know them. And they know their prayer requests, they know their needs, they know their wants, they know their hurts and their fears. Because why are we willing to do that with our children and our students if we're not going to do it ourselves? We can't drop our kids off and say, church, decide my kids. It's our responsibility. So maybe, maybe you're on that fringe. You just wait. Here's your invitation. You ready? Come back. Come back. Maybe you've got some people in your life. You're part of the fire. You're there. You're good. But there's some people in your life who have. You know they're on the fringe, and I don't know who they are. Guess what? I'm not going to know everybody. Randy's not going to know everybody. You guys are going to know everybody, but you know your few. So do for your few what you would want to do for everyone. Do for your few what you would ask to do for everyone. Because if you would do it for your few, and if you would do it for your kid, and if you would do it for your kid collectively, you'd be on fire for God. My desire, and our desire in church, is for us to plug in and then we find a gospel-centered biblical community here at Christ Church where we do courage and relationship with Jesus. That's my hope, that's my desire, because I believe God works through people. We need each other. We need each other because we're created for biblical community. We long to be with other Christ followers, to know and be known, to love and be loved, to celebrate and be celebrated and to serve and be served. Do you notice the order of that? First, we've got to know. When we know, we love. And when we love, we celebrate. And when you celebrate, you can't help but want to serve. I hope wherever you are, just, it, it might be joining for a small group. It might just be showing up more consistently on Sunday morning. It might be signing up for any small group Bible study. It might be signing up for a, a women's ministry or a Bible study. You're saying, hey, I'm ready to start a men's ministry Bible study. Maybe you just say, hey, Russ, would you like to meet with me at McDonald's at 6 a.m.? I'm going to say, no, let's make it 7. Um, <laughs> I don't know where you are, but you do. You know how to take that step. That's how it's really good for you. How are we going to answer Heavenly Father, guys, the band comes out and we close in this time and we prepare to enter into our time of communion. Lord Jesus, I pray that we wouldn't we wouldn't miss the joy of celebrating together. God, that we get to come before you and to celebrate all that you've done in our lives. Lord, maybe there's people here this morning who they can't celebrate with you. Doing your life because Lord, you're not at work. At least they don't know you are, they can't see it, so they're they're removed from you. Because the truth is, you've not gone anywhere we have. And so, Father, maybe this morning you're just you're just calling some other people back to you. But you're reminding them that the resurrected king 
resurrects us daily. Father, we can run out of the grave of death and live in freedom from sin. God, the power of the Holy Spirit, you allow us to live for you. We live for you help us to live in the world. We love that. Thank you for your word. Help us to challenge us, to draw us to respond. Help us not to say, oh, that was good. Please, Lord, help us not to say that was bad. But God, help us to say, here's what, here's what I want to do, God, because of your word. Here's how I respond in action. In word and in deed. Here's what I'm going to do. So, Lord, as we enter into our time of communion, I just pray that you speak to our heart. Father, meet us where we are and allow us to take communion with you. Lord, your word tells us that this is an opportunity to examine our lives. What great opportunity, what great morning to examine our hearts and light up your word today. Do we know you? Lord, are we loving you? Are we loving others? Oh, we celebrate who you are in our lives and grow cold. Let that cold, that He's a cold that fall away from the fire. Father, help us. Help us to be served. Maybe there's some people in this, this room this morning who need to be encouraged to come back to the fire. There's people in this room who know some others who need to be encouraged. The truth is, Lord, we can only do it for a few, but we love to do it for many. So give us the desire to do just that. A love that is sacrificial. I love you. I think it's in Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said, Amen. Our men are going to come. They're going to serve communion to us today. It's a wonderful opportunity as the church to fellowship. As the men come and they pass the plate, please take the opportunity to hold it and the next person can grab both cups bread and juice. And then spend some time in prayer and allow God to speak to your heart and respond to you. I'll be down front. If you'd like to pray, if you'd like to pray there in your chair, if you'd like to grab a neighbor, man, what a great opportunity to do that. I'd love to talk to you more in your service, if that's your heart, or in response in any way. It might be salvation, it might be for, for baptism. Maybe just let us tell a little bit more about this. I'd love to answer those questions. You don't have to be a member of our church to take communion, but I would say this. That in order to take the Lord's Supper, you should know the Lord. And if you don't, or you're not in a place, the scripture tells us that when we take the Lord's Supper, we're not in right fellowship, that we bring judgment on ourselves. So you may have to let the cup pass. That's okay. We're not going to judge anybody for that. Take the opportunity. If you know the Lord Jesus, remember the church, take the opportunity to examine your heart. Remember what he's done for you. How are we going to live in response? Don't we do it?